All right, and welcome back to another season of MTSU Blue Raider Basketball and another season of the Blue Raider Hoops Podcast. I am Oliver Baltz, as always, your host, and I've got a, a great guest to open the season for you all, one of the um, the greatest, most impactful players in the program's history uh, decided to give his grace to me and join me on this podcast. Um, the people's champ of Murphy's bro, Chase Miller. Chase, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, give an introduction. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I'm, I'm really excited for basketball here coming up. Um, most importantly, how do you become the people's champ? Uh, is it something you're kind of born with, or do you like acquire it over time? Like, it's something I'd love to man. be one day, but uh, I don't know if I have it in me. I tell everybody this, man. I was the luckiest person in the world for my four years in Murfreesboro, and I, I, you know, I give more of that to MTSU and the Murfreesboro community than me. I think. I don't know much about your background other than you're from Texas. Uh, I mean, on your uh, player profile on the MTSU page, it says you uh, you played high school ball in Texas. So just curious, how does a, a just a kid from Texas come all the way to Murfreesboro and uh, be a walk-on for their basketball team? So long story short, I went to prep school after my senior year of high school. I didn't like the options. I had, I had some D2s, D3s, could have walked on it smaller D1s within Texas, and I, I just didn't love any of the options, honestly, man, and went to prep school for a year and or six months, and within those six months, kind of my day was revolved around basketball. Um, it was in Florida. It was called Elevate, and it was, I mean, looking back on it, it was the toughest six months of my life, but it was the best because I grew up so much. So within those days, all I did, man, was I, I personally emailed every single Division One school. I knew I wanted to walk on somewhere, so I emailed every Division One school, um, during the day and obviously practice around that and, um, whatnot. And, you know, I was very fortunate enough. I got some responses and had some interest, um, which was after a good amount of persistence on my end. And one of those happened to be Ronnie Hamilton, who, you know, I know everybody knows it middle and, uh, just kind of was persistent with him. And after probably a few months of us emailing back and forth, he got my film in front of coach Davis and, Sure enough, and so fortunate for me, it worked out, and I came on a visit and obviously fell in love with uh, middle, and it was the best decision of my life. It's really cool to see, like, the fan base embrace somebody who, you know, is a walk-on, and there's no there's no disrespect towards that. Everybody has their own path, but why do you think the fan, bra- why do you think the fan base really accepted you and embraced you the way they did? You know, I've always kind of said I think maybe they could relate to me, um, you know, sure. I want the most talented. Uh, I like to think that I, you know, I like to think that my work ethic is a big reason that I made it four years in division one basketball, you know, and I think, you know, maybe they, they were able to kind of relate to that. And I think you always cheer for people you can relate to and it's easy to cheer for them. Yeah. I think that's definitely, that's a good point. Um, talking about, your you know four years at MTSU at least the first three might be the three biggest years of the program's history uh you know you have two conference tournament championships you have two conference titles in the regular season two trips to the tournament both of each you got to win in and uh you know being ranked for the very first time in school history um and you also had a, a few individual uh highlights of your own just 
I mean, the one, the two things that really come to mind for me is blocking Cornette, uh, the seven footer for Vanderbilt, and then the uh, the how you drilled that three on your senior night against UTEP this past March. Um, what uh, is there anything that stands out over your four year career at MTSU? Is there one memory that kind of takes the cake? People, you know, it's funny, Oliver. People ask that all the time, and you know what I always come back to is that Michigan State win. And I will never, ever forget the moment that, uh, you know, so we're walking in the locker room and of course at Murfreesboro and then, and at Middle Tennessee, we, we get, you know, we, I think we get good media exposure. Is it to the extent that we got at the NCAA tournament? No, of course not. Um, but <laughs> I think, I don't think the team realized what we did and the, you know, the magnitude of upsetting Michigan State until we get in the locker room and, Mark Owens, the director of, um, you know, media and social media at middle, he kind of walks in him and Eric Dievich and they said, Hey guys, get ready. There's a swarm of media that's going to come in. I was sitting by Giddy at the time. We just kind of looked at each other. Wrote, okay. And Oliver, I'm not kidding. I mean, seriously, 200 plus media members, cameras, all that walk in. And next thing I know, Marty Smith from ESPN's at Giddy. And he said, Hey Giddy, you're on sports center and, 17 seconds or something <laughs> so i think that's probably the memory that it's like you know it just brings it all back and it it, it was a really cool time um but looking back on it and being done playing honestly man the memories in the locker room and i think uh going through tough times and coming out of the tough times as a better team or better person are just as memorable too yeah i can i mean i've never even thought about it until you mentioned it but i imagine that locker room was a madhouse because at the time until UMBC beat Virginia a couple years ago, that felt like the biggest upset in tournament history. I want to say Michigan state was the highest two. Um, they were the yeah, highest. I think they were favored. They were favored one at all. Yeah. I think there was only six or seven, two seeds to get upset by a 15 seed in the history. And, I didn't do my research, but I want to say Michigan State was the only one that was the first two seed, if that makes sense. So, yeah, to, to emphasize your point, like I said, it was the probably the most the, the biggest gap in seeding upset in tournament history until the UMBC Virginia upset. So I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it. But, yeah, I imagine it was a, a pretty hectic locker room. Yeah, and it. it you know, Coach Davis was so even keeled and so focused and kept us. So I think the team kind of uh, took that on from him, you know, and yeah, we were calm. I, I and, and that's why I say, man, I, I don't think we really realized the magnitude of what we did until all that media stuff. Um, were we excited? Sure. But we we're focused for Syracuse. I mean, that team was that team was special. After watching the game, what I remember is, uh, you know, just seeing Reggie and uh and Gideon, the other team, and they really didn't look like, you know, they, they just pulled off one of the biggest upsets in history. They almost looked like they had that expectation. And, you know, I, think, I think the we remarkable did. thing about that game is Michigan State never was winning the entire MTSU maintained the lead the entire game. So that goes to show and kind of reiterating what you're saying, really the mentality the team had going in. Right. No, and I, I think we you know, we sat down after the selection show and we should not have been a 15 seed that year. And quite frankly, Michigan state should not have been a two seed that year. They right. should have been one. And, you know, we were, 
I was sitting right by coach during the selection show. And that was the year that the brackets came out early and I was showing them and he's like, God, you really a 15. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's all matching up. And so, I mean, I think the team was really shocked uh, that we were 15. As I mentioned, we just were so, you know, did not deserve to be a 15 seed, but um, anyways, I think we had a chip on our shoulder from that. And I think we were a confident bunch. I mean, we, that team, I mean, I, at the time, I didn't realize how special that team was. But, man, we – I mean, we talked about it like we were going to win the game. We were preparing like we were going to win the game. We had scouting reports ready for Syracuse, and I think it was Dayton that they played. So, we were expecting to, to win the game. So, um, Segwaying to this year's team, uh, they're picked to finish eighth in the coaches – in the Conference USA coaches poll. What are your thoughts? Do you have any specific expectations on players or teams? Or do you think eighth was too high, too low, just right? I, you know, I, I can tell you that. I think, you know, I, I don't love preseason polls. I think I hope that that eight spot gives a chip on our shoulder to our team, or it should. Um, they've definitely got the talent to finish higher than that. They know that. Um, but yeah, the conference can be good. It's going to be good. Uh, Western's obviously returning Bassey and UTEP is they're loaded. You know, they've they've got some studs, yeah. Yeah. For people that don't know, they've they've got some studs and they're gonna be um I was shocked. I, I probably would have had them at one. I really would have. Um but it, it's gonna be a fun year and I think the great part about it, it's open and you know, there's probably not a one team that stands out necessarily. So who knows? You know, it'd be awesome to see the Blue Raiders back in the NCAA tournament. Right. I think uh, when you're looking at the conference, I do think it, it's pretty even keel amongst the talent. Um, like you said, Western's going to be really good returning Bassey. I heard UTEP, uh, I may be wrong, but like I think they got five Power 5 transfers, uh, something along those yeah, lines. And, and I don't remember the exact number on it. What I do remember, though, Oliver, is when we played at UTEP last year, those guys, obviously they're on the bench with the team. You know, they, they had – that kind of swag, you know, it was, hey, these, these guys can hoop a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they just had that almost a high major team look to them. So, I'm, a, you know, they're going to be a tough matchup and be fun to watch. Yeah, I think uh, U- UTSA will be really good with Jackson and that other kid who can shoot lights out. His name is slipping me at the time. Uh, right, right, Jackson. But then after that, I feel like you got, you know, Old Dominion, I think they're getting a, a P5 transfer. They'll be solid, but, you know, they lose Carver and uh, BJ Stith. And then um, Louisiana Tech, they'll return uh, the Bracey kid, but then they lost to Rougie, too. They'll be solid, but, you know, I don't think it's unrealistic. I, I definitely think it's in within the realm of possibility. MTSU can finish in this one to five pod, as they like to call Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, so we'll see. I mean, there's a and lot. I think one thing, one thing to remember is, I mean, if you look at last year, yeah, sure, we started off bad. But I think the improvement, I don't think there were too many teams in the country that improved from, let's say, game 20 to game 30 as much as we did. Absolutely. Um, so if you keep that upward trajectory going, which I fully anticipate they will, like you said, there's no reason you don't finish in that one to five pod. And that would be exciting as heck to see. So much of last year, I think you have to take into context, too. You know, being bottom five out of 353 teams and returning minutes and points and being top five in non-conference schedule. And, you know, a lot of these games that they lost or that y'all lost in the conference season, I mean, they were very 
y'all were in the midst of it against really good teams, Old Dominion, Western Kentucky, and then you ended up beating yeah. UAB twice. You beat UTSA and UTEP. And, you know, I think, uh, like I said, you have to – the from the outside, it may look a little ugly, but you have to take it in context, and you really see a lot of these players made really big jumps. Right. And, I mean, for people that have been around college basketball enough, um, it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> you sure. know, no, nowhere in the country does it happen overnight. It's a process, and you got to – I mean, it sounds cliche, but you got to kind of trust that and trust that what you're doing is working and that, you, you know, you come to work every day ready to improve. And if you do that, I mean, good things happen. Good things happen. Of the players that you um, are familiar with, obviously – who do you expect to take the biggest jump this year? Huh. I'd say I think Tone will make an even bigger jump just because I know how hard he works. I'm a big, uh, you know, I, I love work ethic, and I think the harder you, you know, I mean, I've always said it, the harder you work, the better, you know, better results you're going to get. Then just, you know, you don't just get lucky. And to listeners that don't know, I mean, Tone is in the gym more than anybody maybe I've ever seen. So I think he, he's going to have a huge senior year, and he's mode. I mean, he. I, I really expect him to have a huge senior year. I agree. I uh, in the practices I've been to, tone his lights out, man. I mean, I know I know he's a good shooter last year, but it looks like he's even better, which is you know incredible to think about considering he just broke the record for most threes in a season. And you know, I think the production will go down maybe slightly. He won't, which isn't a bad thing. He's not going to have to shoulder such this this giant scoring load. You know, right, and they... Oliver, with that, now defenses can't focus as much on him. Right. One player I want you to touch on is C.J. Jones. Um, there's a lot of hype around this kid when I talk to people around the program. Um, and I think that I think that's kind of a, a separation between what the basketball program knows and what the fan base doesn't know. I don't feel like yeah. they are familiar with you know, the, how, how high the program is on CJ Jones. I've watched him on practice a little bit, but you've, you know, practiced with him way more extensively. So give me your detailed opinion on CJ Jones and what he's bringing to the team. Scoring. I mean, he's a lights out score. He's a, you know, three level score. He's talented. He's, you know, tough. He, he's going to be really good. And like you said, I think the coaches really, really like him. And um, he's a great kid. He's, you know, so I, I expect them to have a huge year too. I think, I think all our guards can definitely have a huge, huge year. Right. It's funny how like last year, I feel like spacing was an issue at times because there just wasn't that much shooting, and then just the difference of one player and CJ Jones. I feel like that's gonna. I don't want to say change everything, but it's going to change a lot. Just the between those three guards, their ability to shoot and score with Donovan, Antonio, and CJ. I mean that. The, the perimeter is going to be locked and loaded with firepower. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, really could be the best perimeter in the conference. I would say preseason probably is. I mean, if you look at returners and scoring-wise and, you know, talent and just kind of what people know, um, and obviously it's easy this time of year to say that, but I full-heartedly agree. Really definitely maybe the best perimeter in the conference. And with that um... – I think one of the, I don't want to say struggles, but maybe the, the rooms of improvement this year could be the, the front court. And, uh, you know, Reggie is obviously sitting out with the, the NCAA, the way they handled his, uh, his 
cryo or the chirotherapy situation at Missouri State. Right. Played h- half a season with them. Played all season with MTSU last year, which was technically his redshirt junior or senior year. I don't know how you want to put it, but now <laughs> right, he basically right. has to make up that time. So in this non-conference season, it's it's got it's not going to be easy for this brand new front court. You got a lot of young players, um, Tyson Jackson and uh, Tyler Millen. I think Eli Lawrence could play some four, and Javante Milner is a uh, is you know he's sort of an X factor for X factor per se, just because he's the only uh, forward with real experience besides Reggie, who like I said isn't going to play until January. Right? No, that's true, and I don't really know any of those kids, <laughs> but I've you know heard all good things, and good great thing is they're going to get to mature really quickly, similar to our freshman last year. Um, you know I. I think if you asked Ann or Jace and, you know, they'd tell you in a heartbeat that what they got to go through last year as freshmen is only going to, has only made them better players. Let's end on coach McDevitt. Um, you only spent one year with him, uh, but I know, I've talked to you before and I know you're really high on him as a coach. So just kind of go in detail your relationship with him and your expectations for what he can do with the program going forward. Yeah, man. I mean, um, like you said, I only played for him a year. Um, but I think what sticks out to me about coach or when people ask about coach is I think his character. I, I think he's one of the highest character guys in college basketball. He does things the right way, treats people right. He, uh, you know, he's out in the community a good amount. He, I, I just think that that's what always stuck out to me. Um, and I think, you know, like I said earlier, man, I mean, if you do things, you do things the right way and you keep kind of chugging along, good things are going to happen. And I think he's got the program on a really, really high trajectory. All right, Chase, thanks so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. We'll definitely look forward to you. Um, I'll, I'll try to get you on here in the future when we got some games under our belt and we can talk more about those. Let's do it, man. Looking forward to it. All right, man. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. See ya.